Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, a.k.a. Kevin O'Conflict, a.k.a. Kevin O'Climber. Kevin! Chris, I was so shocked last night when Boogie signed with the Warriors. It, it, I think it everybody me. was. floored me. I think everybody was. And to hear him say it, at least to uh, via Mark Spears, nobody else offered him? Mm. Now, I said last week I wouldn't touch him, so I can't go back on that now. So I wasn't given to overreaction last night when he went to the Warriors. Um, We talked at length about Achilles and the impact it has had on whether it was Wes Matthews or it was Rudy Gay or it was Mario Chalmers, and obviously he is a much bigger guy than any of those. It is a very difficult injury to come back from. It takes a very long time. I think the expectation at best is maybe January. Um, they would be able to get on the court. Obviously, with the Warriors, you could take your time because you don't need him, and then you would have him by the playoffs. But am I crazy for thinking that I, when I saw the news, I thought this is a bigger move in the sense that it keeps other teams from signing Boogie Cousins than necessarily the impact he may or may not have on the Warriors. Yes, I, I think I think you're right. I, and the reason why is because for Golden State, right, uh, I, I had the sign of my article, but it's like, if, if you think Kevin Durant's style clashed with their vibe, just wait until you see DeMarcus Cousins, right? With his ball stopping, his his lethargic defense, you know, his really frustrating passing, right? Um, he sure he'll help as a floor spacer if he's healthy and his, you know, his passing from the posts and his his rebounding and his size. Like now they can play big if they want to. Um, all that helps, of course. Um, but Golden State was already the favorite anyway. Uh, what I'm a little bit surprised by is that other teams weren't willing to gamble um, on him. And maybe, maybe there were teams. Uh, I think New Orleans certainly retained interest until Julius Randle became available. And then once, once a younger um, player, maybe with what they may perceive as more long-term upside became available, they snatched him up. And I think that really is what led the market to um, really just cave in for DeMarcus Cousins, which is ultimately what led to the Warriors being able to sign him. And the reason I say that it's uh, the bigger part of this is that he can't go somewhere else. And let's just assume health, right? Which is a very, very, I, I'm, I know it's a minuscule chance, but he does not fit with the way they play. No. I mean, it was bizarre because the reaction is like it's 2K. The reaction is like it's fantasy. But in terms of <laughs> the NBA feels like 2K. Yeah. Right but, the, but in terms <laughs> of like, if you think about the way they actually play, DeMarcus Cousins is perfect for whatever team wants to be the antithesis of them. The team Mm. that can slow it down, the team that can bang them in the paint, the team that can make them pay for playing a small lineup. Whereas, you know they're at their best when the ball pops off the rim, Draymond gets it and he's flying up the court and he's throwing one pass to Curry who's banging down a three within two seconds. Or... You know, when they're flying up and down the court, that's when they're at the peak of their powers. And so they're not a half-court team. And DeMarcus Cousins is a half-court basketball player, which is great to have if you're playing against the Warriors. (laughs) But in terms of for the Warriors, I 
I honestly don't think it makes them that much better. Maybe I'm crazy. No, I I think it, it ultimately their best lineup is still with with Draymond Green and Andre Godala and that, you know, small ball five lineup. However, I, I do think the added element here now is that they can play big if they want to slow it down. That's right. When no, the game right. does slow down, if if you have like a, a, a little pip squeak guard on a switch against DeMarcus Cousins after he set a high ball screen for Steph Curry or Kevin Durant, suddenly you can feed DeMarcus Cousins in the low post? Are you kidding me? Well, this yeah, is that, where that, it that, helps, that's right? the part where it, yeah, exactly. If you think about a couple of years ago, um, if you think about a couple of years ago, there, there were times where San Antonio could go big and give them problems. But most importantly, there were times when Oklahoma City, who had them dead to rights in that series, when they could make them pay for being small. And it was with Serge Ibaka, and it was with Steven Adams, and it was with Enos Cantor. And they were going big at times, and it felt like they were getting every defensive rebound, they were getting every offensive rebound. Well, now all of a sudden, that advantage can go away if you're able to bring Cousins into the mix. And so, I don't know. I mean, and again, I have no idea what he's going to look like when he comes back and also don't know how he fits. And also, we would be remiss if we didn't mention, this is not exactly a guy who has the most sterling reputation as a good (laughs) locker room guy. And And you just had David West, you know, basically saying, you have... You have no if anybody ever knew what this team just went through. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. well, you're about to throw Boogie Cousins in there? Yeah. yeah. You know? I'm sure their problems were, were were very, very significant compared to the teams that have only zero all-star players on it, Chris. Um, but look, Boogie, Boogie helps if he's healthy. There's no guarantee he's going to be healthy. And even if he is healthy, there's still problems with his style of play. It, the, the, the part that just surprises me, Chris, is that Nobody else was willing to offer enough to make it work. But, you know, it's it's like I had in my article today. There's one of the reasons why teams weren't allowed to do that is because of the salary cap spike in 2016 when teams overspent and now nobody has money. There's a market correction or the teams that did have money already signed guys or they already might be using their exceptions on players um, that, that are currently restricted free agents. There's a wide number of factors that led to this. And my initial shock, my initial anger in a way quickly faded like as soon as I started writing, really. But um, it's disappointing that a player with an all NBA level potential like Cousins has was able to go to Golden State. But um, really, for Golden State, the stars had to align again, and they did. Doesn't it tell you a lot that the Pelicans didn't offer him? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think for them, Julius Randle is younger, right? He he's probably uh, less of a handful to handle in the locker room. He didn't he didn't just tear his he didn't just rupture his Achilles a couple months ago. He's not a 300 pound guy that's gonna have to bounce back from that. I, I look I don't love the Randall fit next to Anthony Davis, but I think there's a lot of logic to going with Julius Randall over DeMarcus Cousins when you consider all those factors. Um and yeah, I I ultimately think that's why the market for Cousins just disappeared. Because then at that point, like New Orleans could have offered him uh, because they were in the tax uh, in the tax, they could have offered the the mid level exception, or rather, they were over the cap. They could have offered the mid level exception without going into the cap. Sorry, um, but that that then if they can't offer close to the max around twenty million dollars, nobody else is going to offer it either. 
the price dropped. And ultimately, I think Boogie seemed to narrow it down to Golden State in Boston. And according to Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe, the Celtics didn't even get a chance to make an offer by the time they heard that he had interest in them. It sounds like this moved incredibly quickly yesterday uh, with Boogie going to the Golden State Warriors. Speaking of Randall, I thought the Pelicans got an unbelievable deal with him. Like, number one, I have no idea why the Lakers are bringing on Ray John Rondo for $9 million when they just oh, lost geez. Julius Randle for $9 million. I also am surprised that Julius Randle is getting a fraction of what Aaron Gordon is getting, and he is getting, uh, and, and his name had come up a lot with Dallas. They paid DeAndre Jordan $24 million. Julius Randle got nine. Like, I think the, I, I don't know about how he's going to fit with Davis. I don't know. But I'll tell you this Julius Randle for $9 million is one of my favorite contracts that's been signed. And, and, the re, and again, like, the reason why a team was able to get Randle for so cheap is because there's not a lot of cap. There's not, not a lot of open salary cap right now. Team, there's not much money. So some of these remaining guys that are currently on the free agent market, like Marker Smart, isn't going to get a, a, probably a deal in the, Eight figures annually range. He's probably he's probably gonna have to settle for seven. <laughs> uh, there, there's just not a lot out there. Um, even somebody like Jabari Parker. I wonder what the market will be for him. I wonder what it will be for Zach Levine. Uh, guys that maybe hoped or anticipated to get deals in the fifteen million ish range. They might have to settle for the non taxpayer mid level exception, which is around nine million. If that, I mean, we'll see in some cases. Maybe maybe it gets to a point for some of these guys, they just sign the qualifying offer, play out the season for less money, and then hit unrestricted free agency next summer when the cap bumps a little bit more to around $108, $109 million up from the 101-ish that it is now. Why on earth would the Lakers pay Rajon Rondo $9 million and not Julius Randle $9 million? I think there's a couple of factors with Randall. There's some, I forget who, forgive me. Someone tweeted yesterday that <laughs> Julius Randall's agent, Aaron Mintz, who also represents D'Angelo Russell and Paul George, might not have the best relationship with the Lakers. So maybe it had a little bit to do, that, do with that, where Randall would have preferred to be somewhere else. Maybe for Randall, it also had to do with the fact that Maybe New Orleans presented a better a better situation for him to to showcase his skills with their fast-paced style of play. The fact LeBron James isn't going to be absorbing the ball for 90% of the possessions. Maybe that that's one reason why as well um, for him playing next to Anthony Davis. It'll be interesting. Uh, I, like I said, I don't love the fit because Randall is not a below-average shooter. Um, but it's interesting for him personally, especially because of the length of the deal. Before everybody was aghast last night over Rage, or over uh, Demarcus over Cousins, no, over <laughs> Rondo over, to the Lakers. Well, I think only Celtics fans were unhappy about that. Yeah, over <laughs> over Cousins signing with Sac uh, with Sacramento. Good grief, I'm going way <laughs> yo, back at that. Yeah, did you see yesterday when Boogie's agent or Boogie's manager tweeted out, "There's a Boogie bomb coming." When that dropped, I, I sent a message to somebody who said it would be hilarious if it were the Kings. <laughs> I never thought Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> it was a boogie bomb, all right. So he ends up going to say, before that ever happened, the talk of uh, of NBA fans was, okay, you have this amazing moment of being able to sign LeBron James on Sunday night. And then by today, which is Tuesday, the conversation is switched to, what in the hell are oh they doing? God. What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, all right. Um 
So yesterday, um, Craig Gaines, the chief of the ringer, Craig Gaines passed along a theory to me, which was something kind of on my mind. He said it so eloquently um, and that I can't repeat it in the way that he did. But the, the point was, and, and I kind of agree here, is that for LeBron James and the Lakers, this isn't their year. This this is a, a, a really a, a freebie setting up for the 2019 offseason where that's when they add their other guy. That's when they pursue Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler or whoever it may be. Next summer is where they add their other stars to make a championship run, which means this year's cast of characters on the team, really, for LeBron, I view it as a break. You don't have to play until mid-June again. Maybe the season ends in the first round. You get a long, long vacation, arrest your body, recharge for the rest of your career to sustain success into the 2020s. I, th- I think that could be the logic behind punting the age 34 season of a future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time. Um, like, like Michael Jordan took a year and a half off and then retired again before coming back and playing with the Wizards. The rest helped him sustain his greatness, right? I mean, he's still a good player with that Washington. That is right? ridiculous. How is that ridiculous? What? You get LeBron James and say, oh, we're just going to take a year off because we'll get good guys no, next summer? I'm not, I'm, I'm not, it's not about taking a year off, dude. It's about, it's about sustaining greatness. It's about the fact that if you have to get Kawhi Leonard now, you got to give up Brandon Ingram, who's 20 years old and is what of, could he projects as a very versatile scorer. He's a really good passer at six foot nine with long arms. You're giving him up. But, but the alternative is, is you know what? Take a slight, take a slight backseat this year to this Golden State juggernaut that's going to win the whole damn thing anyway. And then next year, when you can just outright sign Kawhi, that's when you do it. And you know what? Maybe this maybe this blows up on my face with my trade for Kawhi by the time we're done recording well, this you, podcast. But these, these things are totally. I would think about it. These things are totally separate, though. That's on one track. No, the other track no, is signing Ray John Rondo, Lance Stevenson, yeah, Jabal all, McGee, and Catarius Caldwell Pope. Who cares? It's all one year deals, and then they're all off next year. <laughs> what do you mean? Who cares? You don't have to sign those guys. Yeah, who, what do you, okay, who, who do you want them to sign then? Just, you just who signed, do you want them to sign? You just make stupid <laughs> signings so that you could say, ah, oh, who cares? It's a year anyway. But, who, but then who do you want them to sign? Uh, how about guys that don't take away from my development of my young players? Either I am keeping what if, the young what if those guys, guys want more I'm than not. one year. What if those guys want more than one year deals and, and, and they're like, you know what? I want a two year. I'm going to take a two year deal somewhere else. Then you can't sign them because you need cap space for next summer. So you go ahead and you decide, hey, we're going to bring in Rajon Rondo, even yes. though I just drafted Lonzo Ball. We're going to bring in, we're going to re. Or I, I suppose Catavius Caldwell Pope was probably a do good package deal. Ron, so let's just set that yeah. one aside, <laughs> right? Rondo for nine million. The nine million number is weird. But and you bring in Lance? Yeah, I don't, I don't care. It's an expiring contract. What, LeBron's probably happy playing with Lance, being blowing his ear every day. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> JaVale McGee just did a fairly good job for the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals during their playoff run. Signing those guys in the absence of making a trade right now makes absolutely okay, no sense. So what I'm saying to you is <laughs> I can't believe I'm defending the Lakers signing. I can't either. JaVale McGee. What in Lance the F are you talking about? <laughs> Okay, my point is, is what are the alternatives and were those guys that are the alternatives willing to sign one-year deals? That's my point. You're signing guys that are one-year deals and you retain cap next summer, which is when you're going to make your next big move, realistically, unless Kawhi comes ahead of time. 
You think it's insanely difficult to find guys that want to? Who are you bidding okay, against? Okay. Uh, I don't for know, these guys. I don't, okay, for Rondo, you're bidding against the Pelicans. Really? You're bidding against the Pelicans. The yes. Pelicans didn't do better than a one year deal. Really? Yes. I refuse to yes, believe they, that. They could, have, they could have offered him the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is around the $8.5 million. So the Lakers outbid the Pelicans. And maybe maybe it wasn't all about the money, but guess what? A couple years ago, I believe it was two two years ago, or last year rather, Ron, I think think Rondo had the Lakers on his list of teams to go with, but they, they drafted Lonzo Ball. And now you get him for one year. $9 million is a bit much, but Rondo wasn't horrible for New Orleans this year. He had some good moments. He's one of the highest IQ players in the league. He's he's developed into a really good locker room guy and a good leader that young players really like. Uh, it's like, look, okay, this is a, a bad analogy, but Amir Johnson makes $12 million when he can't really play anymore. He's a, really a good guy. You know, he's low maintenance. He can come in and play. So he's partially getting paid be- for his personality. He's the low maintenance guy. He's okay with not playing. Rondo's partially getting paid for his leadership, his intellect, his mentorship of young players. That that's one of the reasons why Rondo gets paid. I understand. I, I understand. I'm talking about the way he fits with LeBron and the way he fits with Lonzo, yeah. who you just drafted second overall. I don't know. I don't look. LeBron is at his best with shooters around him on the floor, and right now there's very few shooters on the Lakers. Okay, Brandon Ingram, who is a like a 68% free throw shooter. I know he shot 39% from three the last year, but he's still you know an unproven shooter. KCP very inconsistent. Lonzo Ball. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma, very inconsistent. Lance Stevenson, never been a good shooter. Rajon Rondo, 37% from um, spot up last three seasons. Not horrible. Not good. Not great. Um, there's no shooters around LeBron. It's gonna. I think it's going to be a frustrating season for him. I would rather play my young guys with LeBron if I'm going to wait for next season and let them get that development this season. And then we'll see. They can still what get can development. Happen, what can, what what can happen next season? Ingram can still get Ingram and Ball and Kuzma can still all play. Oh, around thirty Rondo, minutes. Rondo and LeBron are both guys that have the ball all the time. And and Lance Stevenson's usage rate is like if he's on the court, you think you're so what? You think you're moving the ball around like the Warriors? So what? Lon- what do you mean? So what? What do you keep saying? So what? I want Lonzo Ball to develop off the ball. I think that's a good thing for him if it pushes him off the ball where he can spot up and cut and get lob dunks thrown to him. There's more to Lonzo's game than just pounding the ball and passing it. That's not his game. He's best with a free-flowing offense where the ball moves, and maybe it won't move with LeBron and Rondo. Maybe it won't, but I like the fact that he's going to be able to develop a little bit off ball. You think he plays with both those guys? Why not? I'm sure there's going to be a situation for some some oh, for God's some, sake, I don't know. Kevin O floor spacer. This is like Look, I'm a, not, I'm t- your I'm nightmare. Not, I'm not telling you it's. I'm not telling you it's going to work. It's going to be frustrating for LeBron James. So, I'm telling no, you, they have no signed guys that are literally the antithesis of what you want when you're playing yeah, with but LeBron. <laughs> but they're expiring like, contracts, so next summer you can go out and outright sign a max free agent, and then you get a team of LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and maybe you flip one of those young guys with Luol Deng's contract and you get another star. I don't know, man. I'm just saying there's there's a, there's a ways to build a winning team. You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they just want to fill a clown car with a but Lance Stevenson and everybody else and this silly, goofy team that's really just a fun league pass team but actually has no asp- title aspirations. I don't think that's their plan. I think their plan is to have one-year deals 
and go for it next summer and then build for that 2019-20 season when maybe, who knows, what the, the landscape of the league looks like at that point. Who really knows? But all I know is that Golden State is going to win the title this year unless Houston has another another series where they push at the seven. I don't think anybody else in the West has a chance to knock them off against Houston at this moment. And then the East, Boston, you know, with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, they really need to be great. We We're just looking disagree. way too far ahead. The point is that the Lakers aren't one of the teams this year. I, th- we just disagree because I think this is insane. And I think that one of the things is you want guys as a group to go through the trials and tribulations of going through playoff series together. And what I foresee is that when they get to the playoffs, by the way, and this could impact whether free agents really want to go there or not. Once upon a time, everybody, including both of us, thought that Paul George would end up there too with LeBron James. And that's not happening. So who knows who would be available uh, next offseason that is a slam dunk? Paul George was a much greater slam dunk than Kawhi Leonard. Who who knows who's going to be available, but you want to be there if they are. Okay, that's fine. And and by doing these weird, wacky deals that are one-year deals, you position yourself to be there. You are also putting these young players. I like their young talent. And you are going to put them in a situation where, I promise you, by the time the playoffs come along, instead of getting those reps, you're going to see lineups with all these one-year veterans, which has absolutely no impact on the following years. Whereas, I would rather get my minutes with LeBron and my young guys and let them go through it and let them go through the playoffs together as a team and get those reps. So I want Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma on the court instead of Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson Uh, and JaVale McGee. Okay, did did Lance Stevenson ruin the development playing, uh, playing alongside Paul George? No, he didn't. Did he, is he ruining, did he ruin Miles Turner? No. It, it, it's, did he ru- did he ruin Victor Oladipo's new opportunity with Indiana? No, Lance Stevenson isn't isn't some guy that's derailing careers of, of players on the rise. He's not. He's just a, he's just another guy. That's literally all he is. He's just another guy that blew in LeBron's ear. He's a meme. I'm talking but, about who is playing instead yeah, of who. But you're acting like the young players aren't going to play at all because Luke Walton's going to play Lance Stevenson for 30 minutes. No, he's not. No, I just rather have them when it comes time. I would rather have those young players getting those reps. And that's what you are going to get. That's what you're going to get in the, in the first round of the playoffs when the, when the rotation is trimmed. I see what LeBron does no. every time. Every time <laughs> yeah. LeBron says, you know what? Uh, F these young guys. Te- give, me tr- give me Tristan and give me uh, Kyle and give me, uh, you know, all these guys that have been, you know, that I've, have JR. And, and so you don't get Rodney Hood and you don't get Larry Nance and you don't get these guys out on the court. And I'm saying if it's a throwaway year anyway, give me a year of those guys <laughs> getting those reps playing together. You're gonna get that. All right, we'll see. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get that when we'll when see. it comes to look. We're gonna get him get, used to playing with Rajon Rondo, and then he leaves oh, next man. year. What in the world? What what is the point? Or maybe you retain Rajon Rondo on even lesser contract. Maybe you sign him to the veteran minimum next summer, and he's your backup or no, something. Rondo. Who knows? You're just you're just happy. Just admit that you're happy. Rondo's a Laker, so you can go no, over to the Staples no. Center and watch him. I, I don't. I, I Rondo was once one of my favorite players ever to watch. Uh, the, the heights of his game were exhilarating, but the Rondo of today was a reminder of what once was. Um, and it, it's sad right. in some well, ways. T- He's a total hey, shell of his former hey, self. Well, you just remember this. Keep this thing recorded, Isaac, because when the playoffs come around, we'll look at minutes logged by these veteran players versus the young yeah. players okay, on the re- sure. Lakers. Yeah, yep, yep. 
Sure, and, yeah. And, like, like LeBron's going to say, don't play Brandon Ingram. Atala- not say, he's not going to say, or, don't play him. He's not going to say, don't no, play him. Brandon, okay, maybe, I think you're just underrating Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball right now. I think underrating? Yes, because you're saying that they're going to play Rondo and and Stevenson for that, that those guys are going to impact their minutes workload. Mark my words. When it comes to the playoffs, mark my <laughs> words. And I, I there should listen. If there is not a deal right now, these signings are just stupid. You They're mean stupid. A, you mean a deal for Kawhi? Yes. But what what I'm saying is this though: if you trade for Kawhi right now. You're giving up Brandon Ingram, a piece that you can have into the 2020s post-LeBron James. He can potentially be one of your centerpiece players post-LeBron James because he's only 20 years old. He'll be 21 this season, and he's already flashed really, really, really impressive potential as a former number two pick. And if you give him up for Kawhi Leonard, who is coming back from a major, major quad injury with no guarantees that he is ever the same guy when he comes back I think that's a major, major risk. That I personally, would not, I wouldn't be able to take it without full insur- assurances from my doctors looking closely at that guy's quad that he's going to be okay. But instead, what you can do, knowing that he wants to go to L.A., is this. Wait. And, and until Kawhi and his inner circle with Uncle Dennis say, you know what? I am open to going somewhere else. I'm open to resigning long-term in Boston or Philadelphia. A deal can't happen. Because right now, Los Angeles can be like, you know what? We're just going to wait because that's what it seems like they are able to do. So if Kawhi wants to go there now, he needs to change his approach because right I'm now the Lakers don't that. need to. I, I'm super high on Ingram also. I'd be nervous. I also wouldn't be bring three maniacs into the fold and put them oh, in my locker room amongst those young guys. Rondo's like, not on. a maniac. These are all goofies. All of them are goofy. Dude, Rondo's a goofy. Uh, Lance is a, uh, the wrong? ultimate goofy. What's wrong with JaVale McGee? He's a fun-loving goofball. Yeah, right. These are these are the kind of guys that I want my young oh, players learning from. Come on. Um, and the other <laughs> side of this is... The lesson of Paul George <laughs> is that you better be friggin' careful on this yeah. Kawhi stuff. And I was thinking about this the other day. If I'm Philly, I make the push. I I I see no circumstance where Popovich is going to trade Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. I just I refuse to believe he would do yeah, it. I unless, just unless he gets I, back a twenty year old blooming superstar. In I just Ingram. don't think he would do it. I don't. I don't think he would do it with the Lakers. Uh, it, it, it's it, the the thing is though is like it's R. C. Buford's. Decision ultimately. I mean, Pop. Pop ultimately is just. I a understand. Coach. You know. I mean. It, I understand. Pop, Buf- Buford could tell Pop to go screw if he really wanted to. <laughs> I do. I just. I, I, Here, I, here's I just, the guys you're coaching this year, Pop. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna set the Lakers up like that I unless. I, I don't see it either. Uh, and so, but I tell you this. I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> I know that there is the sentiment that if you're Philadelphia, that he wouldn't resign. Right. That kind of came out. Um, Kawhi said he wouldn't resign there, whatever. But if I'm Philly, I, I was thinking about this the other day. If you're Greg Popovich or whoever, or uh, let's say, let's say Popovich is 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 talking with these guys, right? And you're not going to get what you want from the Lakers, and you don't want to set the Lakers up for the next five years to be a juggernaut, and that's what you're doing. End of story. You're setting them up to be a juggernaut. If they sign him next offseason then you can say, I had nothing to do with that. But let's say on the other side, and this is what I thought about. You know that they don't have 
anybody running the show in Philly right now. And so Brett Brown has, by all accounts. <laughs> Brett Brown and Popovich are thick as thieves. Yes. And so if you are moving Kawhi Leonard, who better to be on the phone with? And it is in some way a little bit representative to me in the way it went down with Jimmy Garoppolo going to the uh going to San Francisco. All of those Jimmy stories. G. All of those stories were that Belichick has this tremendous relationship with the Shanahan's, the dad and the son, and has a lot of respect for both of them. And so, A, he was going to move him out of conference, and B, he was going to move him to somebody that he liked, that he thought he could really help. And so that was the deal, right? They they probably could have gotten better return for Garoppolo, but he moved him out of the conference and he moved him to somebody he liked and trusted. And I cannot help but get, uh, and, and who knows, maybe it'll be different. But if you're Greg Popovich and you say, let's see what we can get out of Philly. And then if you're Philly, you go, listen, we got a year. Embiid's like the most likable guy going. Uh, Simmons is rather likable. Our coach <laughs> is a great guy. And so we trade for him. And the lesson of Paul George is nobody thought Paul George was going to be in Oklahoma City long term. Nobody. And so, look, just get him here. We'll be in the East Finals against Boston with a chance to win it. So we're going to be playing at the highest level of basketball. He's a perfect fit for our team. So let's give up young assets in order to take a run at it. And that's actually a move that the Spurs, more so than what the Lakers, would be willing to make. Am I crazy here? No, I think the Brett Brown relationship with Popovich, as you said, with you know the Shanahan's and Belichick, certainly can help facilitate a deal. There's trust there. They're, they're, they have a background. They have history together. Um, I think that can absolutely be an element that helps. And not to mention that Kawhi Leonard went to the doc, the chief medical officer of the Sixers, Doctor Glasshow. Um, that when he was rehabbing in New York, he did it under his care. So if this, the Sixers, from a medical perspective, can have more confidence or less confidence based on their knowledge that Glass how it may have behind the scenes. I think the the flip side of this, Chris, is that maybe Kawhi wants to be as far away as possible from anything Popovich related. Um, and that that being Brett Brown, I don't know for sure. They're different human beings. I would hope he's not uh, operating with like a, a junior high level mindset like that. <laughs> I, I don't want to play for Pop, so I don't want to play for Brett Brown. They're different people in different cities with different teams. Um, the, the Brett Brown's a different guy. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I think there's a long number of factors that that make it interesting for Philadelphia because I, I tend to side with you that the relationship with the deal could help facilitate things because of the trust. Um, the, the question would ultimately be, is Kawhi happy playing there in Philadelphia? And we'll see. Isn't I, this the lesson of Oklahoma City, though? I mean, if I I'm know. another team, why don't I look at it and say, hey, I'll throw all manner I don't know. of packages together and take my chance. Because, yeah, maybe Kawhi's different than everybody else, but we just saw a star land in Oklahoma City and then sign up, theoretically, for the long term with them. And there was, like I said, if we go back a year, no, everybody thought that was a rental. Everybody. And they were able to keep him. But Paul George is not... Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard is not Paul George. I understand. It's also a lot of money, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of money. And so I 
would take my chance. If anything, Paul George was infinitely more likely to leave than I would think Kawhi Leonard, simply because we always had set it up. He had talked about the Lakers. Magic got fined half a million dollars for tampering yeah. on him. And, 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 and here's the thing. You could be 100% right. You might lose Kawhi Leonard. He might go to Philadelphia. He might be like, you know what? We, we, we just won the title. We just beat Golden State. I'm playing with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and J.J. Redick. I want to stay here and continue winning. I love my role. I'm, I don't have the spotlight directly on me, but I have more superstardom because of the magnitude of this team. Maybe, maybe that's what ends up happening, happening and Kawhi stays. But... <laughs> the flip side, again, is this. For the Lakers, the cost is Brandon Ingram plus whatever else. And you're giving that up for, again, a guy who's coming back. Oh, no, from, no, no, from no, no. Quad, hold on now. From, uh, what? I don't think that deal's happening. I know, but, but what, what I'm saying is, is that would be the cost if you're trading for him now. Yeah, I would not in, do in that. In all likelihood, I... unless San Antonio lowers their standards from where they are now, because from what I understand, from uh, that San Antonio is really not seriously considering offers. They haven't made er- offers involving Kawhi to other teams, and at this moment, it seems like they're still, you know, maybe trying to patch things up. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. I still think they're going to have to deal Kawhi at some point. But unless they lower their sta- lower the bar for what they would be acceptable from the Los Angeles Lakers, I think Brandon Ingram is the guy that they would need to have at this time. All right, let's talk about a couple of these other free agents. The biggest ones that are not off the board yet, one of which I know you're a huge fan of, is Clint Capella, a restricted free agent. He, as far as we know, there's been no offer sheet uh, submitted for him. Do you think? What do you think happens with him? Well, that's another guy. Uh, we, we mentioned earlier how not a lot of money out there. Mm-hmm. I'm suddenly interested to see what he gets. Suddenly very intriguing. With, Do you with, think he does better than Gordon's 484? Um, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know where I'd set the over-under. Maybe, maybe I think I'd set the over-under a little bit less than that. That's 21 annually. Yeah. Maybe, maybe set the over-under at like 18 and a half. Or something along those lines. I feel like that that feels about right. But even then, there's not many teams that can get up to that amount. And may, maybe it'll be a, quite a lot less than we might be expecting. The other one that is a restricted free agent that there's been virtually no movement on yet is Marcus Smart. And yeah. we know what Marcus thought he was worth <laughs> coming into this whole thing, right? He thought he's a $15, $16 million player. Yeah, a lot of guys are getting screwed. I mean... Listen, Julius Randle's a year younger than Marcus, and Julius Randle just got nine million for two years. He got he got eighteen for two years. Marcus Smart came into this summer thinking that he was going to be, you know, that this was this was cash in time. And now, you know, we're we're a couple days into this and, deal, and, and he, there has been very little reporting done on Marcus Smart and what is to happen with him. And you know. With the money drying up with teams around the league, you're now like you know if you're if you're Marcus Smart, you need to sign a big offer sheet with somebody. There, there's no big offer sheet. I know. And, and, and any player that thought there was going to be a big payday for them this summer was being misled. Uh, <laughs> like it was not hard to see this coming for guys. You know, last summer, I mean, kind of knew it was coming, especially over the course of the season. It became more apparent. Guys aren't going to get paid. There's going to be a lot of guys who take. Deals that are significantly less than they than what they are perceived to be worth, be, partially because of the fact that and the opposite happened in 2016 with guys getting paid significantly more than they were actually worth during the cap spike. 
that's it's almost partially a, a cause of this. It, there was a, there's almost a wisdom in signing immediately, right? Yeah, like I mean, Ursan Ilyasova getting three years, $21 million. Well, or, or Trevor Ariza got 15. And I, I'm, yep. I'm an Ariza fan, but I mean, Ariza got 15, right? He got $3 million less for one less year than Julius Randle. I think that's, a two, I look at that almost similarly as like the J.J. Redick deal last year with Philadelphia, yep. one year, 23, where they add a veteran, you know, a slightly higher cost, but still only one year deal and they retain cap flexibility moving forward because I think Phoenix would like to be players in free agency next summer. Well, it's a, that's an interesting one that you bring up because I'm a big Redick fan. Redick signed another one year, you know, roughly 12, $13 million deal. I mean, we just saw Marcus Smart pestering him, posting him up, right? Like, I mean, is, is Marcus Smart going to get more than $12 million? I get it. I get that Reddick's no. got a one-year deal. But, I mean, this this was theoretically supposed to be the year that Marcus Smart could cash in. Uh, Avery Bradley just got roughly about that, right? If we're talking about guys that are not necessarily on the ball uh, a ton, Avery Bradley got, you know, about the same thing Reddick did. Uh, which is about the same thing Derek Favors got last night. I mean, is it, do you think that's the range that we're talking about with uh, with Smart, or do you think he's gonna? Uh, the longer this thing goes, he's just gonna have to take what the Celtics dole out. I think it could be the latter. Wow. I mean, I think he can sign an offer sheet somewhere, but it might not be any more than the taxpayer mid level exception. So some of these guys are gonna get. Which is eight and a half million. So I, mean, I, I, re- I, I should I should say instead of the non taxpayer mid level exception, I should just say the money amount because like <laughs> all these exceptions are funky. I mean, you're talking about it, it, so far, there the offer sheets aren't even out there, right? Like because most of these teams are going to say with their restricted free agents, go get your offer, bring it back, and we'll match. But there's not an offer sheet so far on Capella, and there's not one on Jabari, and there's not one on Yusuf Nurkic, and there's not one on Zach Levine. Right. I mean, these guys don't even have uh, there's not one on Rodney Hood. They don't have sheets to take back to their team to say, uh, you know, uh, match this. Same with Exum. Same with Harold. You wonder, are these guys even going to get offer sheets from other teams? I don't know. It's an interesting year. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I mean, you look up and down and there are a ton of guys because, I mean, there's still there's still unrestricted that are out there. But in terms of these restricted free agents, typically in years past, we have seen you get signed to the big offer sheet. And I get this year is different than others, but you will recall that in years past, it would be like Alan Crabb got signed to an offer sheet by the nets and they're going to have a chance to match. Or you would have, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson, right? Remember when Brooklyn was in that mode and they were just signing, they were just throwing out offer sheets to everybody. Um, driving the price up for guys. I am fascinated by the fact that at least a few days into this, the restricted free agents don't even have the contracts to take back to their team saying, you know, I'll walk if you don't match this. That That's what's going to be so interesting to see what choices these guys make. Like just, just to give it, this is a completely theoretical example, um, but someone like Zach Levine, uh, if, if he was somebody that we're hoping to get 20 million annually, right? If that's, if that was the hope, Right. And but maybe you're willing to settle for 15, but it turns out offers are around 10. If a team offers you like a you know four year, 40 million dollar deal, uh, maybe you take that you to get your long term security, you tore your ACL, you know, this is life changing money. Uh, but on the other hand, maybe you're like, you know what, give me 
one year $10 million and then I'll test free agency next summer where then I can get my big money deal. Maybe I wonder if some players are going to be doing that, taking that risk instead of taking the security long term. Well, and you, uh, you, I'm sure you're aware it was one of the moments of Twitter over the course of the past week. Uh, Nick Friedel, who covers the Bulls, said from the Bulls' perspective on Levine, four years for $60 million has always felt like a preferred number to them. At 23, nobody is sure what kind of player he'll become. If I'm the Bulls, I'm not going too much higher than that because I'm still not convinced he's worth that big of an investment. Yeah, Zach Levine either. responded with the <laughs> laughing emoji. Yeah, that was good. I mean, and that was to four years, yeah. $60 million. Yeah. I heard the Kings liked him. Um and right now they're one of the teams that could still, you know, theoretically sign him to an offer sheet. Uh, but again, it's, <laughs> I don't, it's he's not going to get an offer sheet worth that much because guess what? You're not bidding against anybody, so you don't need to give that much. Mm-hmm. Let me, all right, we do need to. We're going to be at summer league coming up at the end of the week. We do need to make a uh, couple of comments on that. First of all, Kevin Boogie Cousins is uh, he's really on my bad list because. With his domination of the news last night, everyone overlooked the fact that the second coming is playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. And that is Jaron Jackson Jr., who knocked down eight threes in his debut last night uh, <laughs> in Summer League. The first of the Summer League games, which is the Utah Summer League that was going on uh, last night. He ends up with eight threes, 29 points, and uh, the Grizzlies... Uh, ran all over uh, Atlanta last night. Uh, in that game, you also had, as uh, you, the aforementioned Kings, I'll tell you this, their summer league team is fun. They got Swipe of the Fox, and they've got... Uh, Swipe of the Fox. I like, how, I like how you went full nickname there. Do you know that... Uh, you know, speaking of that, do you know for years, you know, you know like there's some of those moments where you feel like something is so obvious you should have known. And then for whatever reason, you never put two and two together and then something hits you and you're like, Oh, it happened to me about three months ago. And I never mentioned this. So, you know, his name on Twitter, swipe of the Fox, right? Yep. Okay. Well, my daughter watches Dora all the time, (laughs) all the time. And I heard I was, I was, I was working on some stuff. Uh, and it was on in the background and I heard her, she always says, swipe or no swiping, swipe or no swiping. <laughs> and I never, I don't know why I never, like, I don't know. Like, I always thought of, like, I, I just saw his name, but I'm like, this dude is really named after, uh, made his Twitter handle named after Swiper the Fox on Dora. It never, <laughs> like, I never, it never dawned on me. But she always says, swipe or no swiping. And basically, Fox just goes around stealing crap from him all the time, right? Um, On the cartoon. But anyway, they got him. Frankie Mason. <laughs> um, yeah, Dora is Dora is good stuff, man. I used to watch that when I was like ten years old. It was like I think that's when it came out. Is that right? It, yeah, I think it came out in two thousand when I was ten. Uh, so I didn't. I only got maybe a year out of it, but still, it was a good time back then. It's good to hear that it's back. It's still on the air. It's yeah, great oh, news. Yeah. It's still back. So uh, she's great. still exploring. So <laughs> <laughs> they got they got De'Aaron. Dude, they dude, got dude, dude, Dora the Explorer fans right here. Yeah, they got they got Frankie Mason. They've got uh. She's, remember when she takes out the map? Right, man. I'm telling you, I mean, I've seen, I've seen yeah. a thousand episodes. Yeah, it's good um, stuff. He's the map. <laughs> so obviously, Marvin Bagley, who baptized poor Mo Wagner last night 
Ringer's on. Oh, I saw that. Ringer's favorite. Poor Mo. Yeah, Ringer favorite. The other one that I was happy to see last night, out running around, made a couple athletic plays, hit a three or two, was Harry Giles. Yes. Obviously, couldn't play uh, his one year in college. Then they took him pretty high in the draft, you know, first round. But he was he was a dropper because of his injuries. And then, you know, insignificant first year. And so now you get to see him in summer league now. And I am, he would be a great, great story. Kevin, I will tell you, two and three years ago, my friends that cover high school basketball, he's all they talked about. People comped him to Chris Weber. That's who they thought Harry Giles was, that he was the next Chris Weber. He was that spectacular. Um, and no one thought that the other players in that class were better than him. Like it was rather unanimous. And obviously he was crushed by injury, high school, college. And then now he's on the trek back. And so watching him make a couple athletic plays, knock down some shots last night, I was super, super happy for him because he is one of those where it could very easily be, you know, completely promised unfulfilled. But who knows, right? Who knows? He was so highly thought of for so long. And so, I don't know. I like it as a story. And I hope he I hope he does good. And I thought he looked pretty good last night, honestly. Talented kid, for sure. Yeah, I only saw highlights of last night's games. I was writing after the boogie news and uh, wasn't able to catch the games earlier in the day. But Jaron Jackson hitting those threes was really encouraging. It's just one game. He's not going to hit eight threes every game. But he hit, He's not. He hit, hit like a step back. Really, oh, it's really fluid. That was listen, beautiful. That was that was the heat check. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was the heat hey, check. Had the Steph Curry shot from the logo and, and did, did a little wiggle afterwards. Well, and it was all it was pick fun. and it was pretty much all pick and pop. Yes. You know, he's setting the yeah. high screen and he's kind of flaring out and he's he's nailing those threes. And you know, we have now seen rookies contribute much more, even to good teams, much less bad teams, uh, over these last couple of years. Uh, than we had previously. And I have thought that, hey, this is a kid that is, you know, he can be outstanding, but it's it's going to be a couple years before you know. And then to watch him last night, if you can knock down pick and pop threes, you can play and contribute quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially because the defense is crazy. He's, I mean, the 7'6 wingspan is a 7'6 wingspan, especially if you can move your feet. And so he's a key cog that anybody can throw in on defense, but you kind of worried, hey, how far along offensively are you? But And obviously, again, you're not going to shoot 90% from three. But if you can shoot a pretty decent percentage, you're a dangerous player nowadays in the NBA. For sure. And yeah. same thing with Harry Giles, right? Hitting yep. that one. It's just one three. It's just yep. one. That's all. However, um, at last we saw him at Duke and, and in high school, he was somebody where, you know, he shot 50% from the free throw line. His, you know, there you could see the makings of a guy who could become a shooter, but it wasn't there. Uh, it, it was just theoretical. And if he's able to turn that into a reality, it, 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 it it changes things for him. Um, I mean, right now, like uh, in last year's draft guide, in the 2017 draft guide, the comps for him were Amari Stoudemire and Julius Randle. Those are the top two comps. And that that's because of his ability as a, a explosive rim runner because of his elite rebounding upside. Um, 
that's the main reason why is a screening threat. But if he's able to extend his range from mid range to three, woo, we'll see. I just need he just needs to stay healthy, Chris. Ultimately, yeah. I told you that. The, I know you said you uh, you were having to write last night, so you didn't get to see all that much. The other guy that stood out in summer league last night was Trey Young, but not in a good way. Yeah, and that's yeah. who the Grizzlies played. <laughs> yeah, low, and low lights. It was a disaster. I mean, he could have killed a fan with one of these air balls. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, for, I, I have always said, being amazing at Summer League is not by any means, there's been stories over the years, it's not the end-all be-all, yeah. right? It's usually not. Sometimes it, it, it translates, right? There are times, listen, we watched... Kyle Kuzma, and we watch Donovan Mitchell, and we watch Jason Tatum. We watch all those guys in person last year and came away going, oh, God. Like, you could see it. You could tell. And then sometimes guys that go off in summer league, it maybe doesn't translate, right? Their game is more built for that type of uh, a game that they're playing in summer league, and things are going to get a little tougher. The reason I would be scared about the Trey Young thing is because He's built for it. I mean, I've seen it over the years. I saw Josh Selby be the king of Summer League. I saw Russ Smith out of Louisville killing it in Summer League. I've seen a bunch of little guards that are jackers. That, uh, <laughs> Nate Robinson has his damn number retired. Like, that's exactly when you should be at your best. And it was rough. Maybe it's just a debut. It's his first game. If you didn't see it, I, you don't I know saw, what I'm talking I, about. I, I, saw, you. I, look, I saw the clips. I saw the highlights on YouTube. I saw them missing the shots. I saw uh, Wob put them all, put them up on, on Twitter. He, he was horrific. Four, four of 20, one of 11 from three. He made some nice passes, but I mean, overall, it was a disappointing performance. And, and this is like I wrote about right after the draft. It took huge cojones by Travis Schlank to do what he perceived as the right decision. I wouldn't have done it. I would have taken Luka Doncic for what it's worth. But it's going to be rough for Trey Young as a rookie. It's going to be really, really rough. There's going to be more of these games over the course of the season, and there might be a lot of him, a lot of these games, okay? Uh, it doesn't mean he's not going to turn into a good player long term. We'll see what happens. I'm skeptical um, of his upside. I, I wasn't quite as high on him clearly as the Hawks were, but there's shooting talent there, and we would be silly to overreact to his first summer league game. Oh, well, call Just me one. silly because uh, Jaron Jackson is a god. Yes, and, and Trey Young is meh. like I mean, I mean, I mean, I think I think you and I, saying, you and I both would have taken Jaron Jackson ahead of Trey Young, 100%. right? Yeah. Yes, being ama- but here's what I, going back to what I say. Being amazing is not the end all be all. If you're really bad in summer league, it's one game. No, though. when you're really bad in summer league, I, at least my experience has been: if you can't stand out in summer league, then and there will be examples. But I'm saying, by and large, they are the aberration. If a guy looks like he stinks in summer league. It's usually a bad sign. Yeah, but it's one game. I get it. It's one. It was twenty shots. I get it. Twenty I, shots. I know. Twenty yeah, shots. He hit That's the it. rim. He hit the rim. Four of them. <laughs> but it's still just one game, Chris. Hey, That's it. I understand. And, and, and this is coming just from somebody. Just keep an eye on it. Keep I, an eye I, on I it. I am keeping an eye on it. I think I wrote a whole friggin' article, like two thousand words, about Trey Young is the big risk in this draft. All right. 
I I, I would not have drafted Trey Young maybe in the top seven or eight. And they, and they and they traded the third pick, Luka Doncic, who that thing is going to be a star for years to come to trade down for Trey Young. I get it. I, I don't. I listen. You know, I have. I don't know what the kid's going to become. He course. could come out in the next I game, know. and he could go. You know, eleven for fifteen, and it's like, oh, there's yeah, the Trey yeah. Young we it, saw at Oklahoma, yeah. and, and then it's going to be like the next step, <laughs> like like in well, all, all capital letters on YouTube. Let's Trae, be fair. Trey Young, thirty five points, eight of eleven from three. The next Stephen Curry? Question mark exclamation point. Well, here's the thing, <laughs> and it could very well happen when he doesn't have to go against Javon Carter. Hey, uh, yeah, Javon, hey, Javon Carter, boy, he is fun, isn't he? I love, he I, him, I love he your had interview him shook with him. At Oklahoma. So, I mean, he was probably oh, like, yeah. oh, shit. Now I get I out know. of college. I got to see this guy immediately. Yeah, like Javon Carter is like <laughs> already the best best defensive point guard in the NBA. <laughs> like, this is some bullshit, man. Can yeah. I, can I at least have some fun uh, at Summer League? I, I, I loved your your interview on your show with Javon Carter. Like that is like just quintessential Javon Carter. Oh, <laughs> the he answers the, he was giving. Absolute best. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'm I'm super excited. All right. Last thing, because we're going to be in Vegas coming up this weekend, front row seats yes. for Marvin Bagley's yes. assassination of DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> um, who are you? All right, give me three guys that you are most excited to see what they look like in summer league in their you know respective uniforms. Yeah, Chris, I, I'm excited to see Mo Bamba, especially after that clip of Joel Embiid just dunking all over him, just completely <laughs> overpowering him. Because I like Mo a lot. Third-ranked player on my board will be interesting to see how he fits on Orlando. I think for Knicks fans, I'm very excited for them to watch Kevin Knox in a Knicks uniform for the first time. That'll be very, very intriguing to see how he performs. And as for some, uh, you know, some of the lower guys on the board, Elliot Kobo from the Phoenix Suns fell to 31st. I heard it was partially because he wasn't willing to be drafted and stashed. He's ready to play now. He's coming over to the NBA. It'll be intriguing to see how he plays for Phoenix. I like Okobo a lot. I had him ranked 18th. I think he was one of the real real sleepers in this year's uh, draft class. All right. So, uh, and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a ton of guys uh, to be able to watch while we are out there. I will tell you, Kevin, that there is one guy of which I am uh, more interested than the others, just because. In order to not strike out completely with one of my nine guys that I liked in the draft, and obviously I tried to take guys later in the draft that weren't predicted to go very high in order to make, you know, you can't just put lottery guys in there. These are the guys that I think are going to be good. (laughs) The only one that did not get drafted by a team was Raleigh Alkins out of Arizona. Mm. And he is playing with Toronto's, and I need him to be good in summer league. (laughs) Because yeah. otherwise, this Joker may be playing in France. Yeah, Raleigh's a good kid, and he and he wants to be a really good player. But we'll we'll see how his game develops. He, he's he's one of those theoretical guys. We'll, I talked we'll to I talked to uh, uh, an agent, and then I talked to uh, a couple teams after the draft happened. And of course, I was like, "Hey, could anybody have told me this before I put him in the article?" <laughs> um, I was told the foot got flagged. Interesting. Yeah, he did. He did have that injury last year at he Arizona. Did. Interesting. I was told yeah. the foot got flagged. Interesting. So I don't know. Personal, for for po- what it's worth, Chris Vernon citing sources. For what it, for what it's <laughs> worth, right? I, that it, because I was like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. Didn't get drafted, right? And so it's a good spot in Toronto. 
It is. I just pulled and up they, your article. You said you want a Marcus Smart, Tony Allen, or PJ PJ Tucker type of player. We need a big play in a game. I can see that with Alkins. I right? can too. We'll see. We'll see if it pans out for him. Well, Who and knows? they've done really good at developing their young players. Toronto. Yeah. Oh, so for I thought sure. a good spot. Great, I thought a good spot. Great for him. No yeah. doubt. I mean, if you got a chance, this is your chance. And so being that he's the only one in that article that didn't get drafted, I've got one undrafted guy. I'm uh you I'm should, gonna be keenly I, aware of how he performs because this is guys like that. him, this is their chance because it's not only an opportunity with the team that you've signed on to play summer league with, you're getting to showcase yourself for every other team that's there. No doubt. Right. It, it can be a blessing in disguise for some guys, and we'll see if that's the case for Raleigh or not. Yep. Kevin, I cannot wait. I guess I'll see you on Friday, and the next Ringer show will be able to be doing it in person live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm so excited to see you this week flying in on Friday. And then Saturday afternoon, we get Marvin Bagley versus DeAndre Ayton. I'm so excited to see Ayton just smack around Bagley. It's going to be oh, fun. Oh, good grief. Are you, a, uh, are you a gambler? No. Not at all? I did not gamble once last year in Las Vegas, no. Have you ever gambled? At a casino? Yeah, yeah. Years ago, uh, I went on a, a little trip to Foxwoods Casino and went there. But again, like I barely didn't bet much. It's just never been a temptation in my life. Uh, I used to like doing football cards during my teen years. I used to, I, I used to love doing fantasy football. But that's about it. No, why? Why you are you going with like stacks? <laughs> you, you gamble a lot, Chris. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, com- no comment, Kevin. <laughs> no lie. The, fir- the, 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 fir- the, hey, the first night I uh, the first night I got there, yeah, you walked through a casino and I saw half the NBA there, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> they yeah. making some money tonight. Oh, uh, you, know, you know, that's the funny thing about <laughs> that's the really funny thing about summer league is like it's just weird the amount of N- NBA people you see walk just walking on through casinos to go to their dinners or whatever else. There's so much happening. All 30 teams there this year. Well, too. the other thing is you can't hide. I mean. I'll tell you this, you know, you got to stand up to throw dice and craps. I'm, I'll leave out the team. I saw one whole damn team take over a craps table <laughs> and they're like, they had three, seven footers. So, I mean, you ain't hiding from anybody. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. When, when, no when, no when hiding at all. When you're chucking dice. Put it this way. Like it's probably the time of the year where Las Vegas, the average height of the human in Las Vegas is at its tallest. Oh, it, listen, it is unbelievable too, that we do this and an executive once upon a time that I covered years ago uh, said it is truly unbelievable. He's like, we got these kids and they, we, you know, we run them through the symposium, Ricky symposium and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, but we draft them. And then two weeks later, right when they're getting their money, you know, for the first time, he's like, we put them in Las Vegas <laughs> for two weeks, <laughs> right? Like it's unbelievable. Of all the places in the world, right? You got young guys that have got their, you know, got money for the first time and they get to go right to Vegas. So shout out to all the uh, young players going to Vegas for the first time and have to stay away. You are certainly thrown into the lion's den immediately when you are uh, <laughs> your fir- your first moment of NBA life, right? I, 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 guess, I guess in a way it's like, you know. Some people to teach children to swim, they like, drop them in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop them in the pool. Right. Uh, Kevin, I'll see you this weekend. Thanks, brother. I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Have a good one. It's going to do it for another Ringer NBA show. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes, and we will talk to you next week live from Las Vegas. Peace.